everyone and welcome to another uh, episode of A Couple With. It is very hot. It is sweltering. Um, so you'll have to excuse the fact that I don't have a cup of tea or a coffee. I have Diet Coke because I think if I have anything hot I may explode. Um, either that or disintegrate. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, as you can hear in the background my guest is giggling um it has been a a week or two since my last podcast but i think i'm making it up for having a guest on i'm sure you'll be happy to hear from her so rather than me talk about her and introduce herself and and all that lot why don't i just let her introduce herself so good afternoon and welcome to this very warm afternoon (laughs) how are you thank you much today i am very very warm um no, I'm I'm really good actually. It's it's nice to be here. Um, so I am Charlie, known as Charlie Red, because I am ginger, full force ginger, full force, um, absolutely full force. Um, and yeah, I was actually pointed in this direction uh, by a lovely chap on Instagram because I had put something out there about mental health, mm-hmm. and he said, "Oh, I know someone like you might be interested in talking to." And ta-da, here we are. Oh, right, so what is it that you do on Instagram? Uh, so I am a, I'm a biker. Uh, it was predominantly a, it was set up as a platform where I could just be a bit of a happy little dickhead, to be honest. <laughs> it was away from family life, away from home life, away from work, away from everything else where I could just share some funny stuff uh, and have my opinions put out there and I'm known for being quite bold and bolshy and but actually sometimes the world needs that yeah um it then developed uh it's like it's only been a couple of years uh but it then developed into a bit of a not quite a support network but a reminder for those who aren't quite brave enough to reach out or speak out or and it was more of a you know we're not all alone here uh, there are things that are happening in the world, in personal lives, in family homes that not everybody can reach out to or have somebody to reach out to. Mm-hmm. But it's a, uh, do you know what? My day was stressful because of X, Y, Z. Here's what's happened. I'm having a rant. And the amount of feedback that you then get privately is like, oh, do you know what? I'm actually experiencing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like a bit of a community to say, we're, we're all here. We got this. Yeah. Yeah. I always say if it's personal, it's general because we all go through situations, but our feelings and our experiences are very different. So we never yeah. learn on what we go through, but how we feel and how we, um, I wouldn't say survive. I mean, more thrive from that is uh, very different mm-hmm. from from everybody else. So um, give us a if whatever you're comfortable with talking about. Obviously, it's up to you what you discuss but what is your mental health journey uh it's been a bit of a roller coaster to be honest mm-hmm. um i as a child uh i grew up in you know it wasn't a famous famous lifestyle at all nothing like that but my mum was a pub landlady okay so i was always in the public eye mm-hmm. uh, from the minute that i woke up in the morning i'd be helping my mum get the pub ready I then obviously go off to school, come home, look after my brother. But you couldn't come in from school or work or wherever and go, oh, do you know what, I've had a really bad day today. Mm-hmm. Because you'd walk in and someone would go, oh, what's wrong with your face today? You had a bad day? 
Yeah. And it's like, I've just walked through the door. Give me just a minute. Um, so I, from a very young age, I grew almost like a, a front. Yeah. So you, in the public eye, you have to be, you know, this bubbly persona. You have to be, no one wants to be in a public place where everyone's miserable. Yeah. You know, the idea of my mum's job was to make a living. So the last thing that someone wants is a stroppy teenager coming in. Oh, everything is awful, as <laughs> most teenagers do. My mum called me Kevin for a while from Kevin and Perry. Yep. Um, but that was always kept behind closed doors. Yeah. And I think that's where I got my first sense of you never really know what happens behind closed doors because to everybody else that knew us, they didn't actually know us. It, they knew the front that we all put on. Yeah. Um, that then led to quite an isolated childhood. Yeah. Um, my friends' mums and parents' carers, they didn't really want their children hanging about in a pub. Yeah, obviously. Um, yeah. So, you know, when it came to friends, I quite often used to have to go to their house. Yeah. Um, but I had responsibilities at home to try and help my mum. And, it, you know, there was quite a lot of pressure for a kid. Yeah. I didn't realise that at the time. That was just life. You never do, do you? Um, and then as I grew older, I realised that actually, do you know what, there's certain things happening that probably shouldn't be happening. You end up, I when I stepped into a, you know, into a, a career path, mm-hmm. I was well out of the pubs. I didn't want anything to do with the pubs. Yeah. Um, because you tend to find, in a pub you can have the best time ever, but you also see all different walks of life, yeah. all different kinds of struggles, all different addictions, all different reliances. You get sort of everything that comes in. Yeah. Um, and we used to move around quite a lot. So I had to learn very quickly that I needed to be able to work out who my friends and foes were. Yeah. Um, so when it, what I found from that in later life is that it's quite easy to pick up when someone's maybe not doing so hot. Yeah. Because I've had to learn people very quickly. Yeah. yeah. So now I can, you know, you can, people go, oh, hi, you're all right. Yeah, yeah, not bad. Or, yeah, yeah, not bad. And it's like, are you? Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah. That second question, a lot of people don't tend to ask. Yeah. But it's very, when you learn to read people, it's it's quite easy to pick that up. Yeah. yeah. You, you, can, you can always sense it after a while, can't you? Absolutely. Um, and then I took a bit of a, my mental health took a bit of a battering when I was about 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, hit a very, very, very low point. Yeah. Didn't really understand the emotions, the feelings, the, you know, what was driving it. I didn't, I was just a kid in a big world feeling very, very lost. Yeah. But I didn't really have anyone to turn to. Yeah. So we'd, you know, we'd moved area. I was the new kid again. And yeah, life got really hard for quite some time. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what support was out there. I didn't know who to turn to. I didn't know what to do. So in the end, I turned to Google, which can be <laughs> a blessing or a curse, depending on which yes. way and what you <laughs> um, But actually, what it did start was a cycle of a lot of self-help. Okay. Um. And I knew that I didn't really want to be feeling the way that I was feeling. I had absolutely no signposting whatsoever. But with a bit of help from Google, it's a case of why am I feeling this way? Is this normal? Yeah. You know, my life is perfect. Why am I so sad? Mm. Um, And those kind of questions that then obviously lead you down a bit of a rabbit hole on 
on Google and it led to a lot of work on myself. Okay. I didn't want to sit in the pit of whatever I was in at the time. Yeah. Um, so I had to take an initiative and, and do something. Mm-hmm. Um, that led, led me to go to college to become a child psychologist. Okay. Because I realised after finding uh, that I didn't know where to turn to. Yeah. Um, I also realised that actually there was a lot of um, young people. Yeah. Who were in a similar kind of boat, and there there wasn't enough support. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So in, I was referred to like CAMS. Yeah. Um, and their waiting list was three and a half to four years. Still is. That doesn't surprise me. There just isn't enough help out there. Nope. Um. So, yeah, I ended up. I went to college. Everything was great, and then my mum. Uh, needed help so I had to drop out of college and go to work and go and help fund the family yeah um since then obviously I'm just a little bit older than that now um I have done my workplace mental health first aid course nice one um I am I've done level two counseling level three is pending push to a level four and then qualify and practice from level five. Uh, so there are things in motion to try and help. Um, I also had a, a family member during lockdown, which, oh, the, the wonderful lockdown. Oh, the wonderful lockdown, aye. <laughs> yeah. Um, where I think actually a lot of people's mental health took a hit. Yes, it did. Um, and again, the services were even more stretched than what they had been in the run-up to it. I had a very close family member uh, who actually then went through a uh, an episode of psychosis. Okay. Uh, due to, which sounds like a really scary thing, and people go, you know, the amount of comments that yeah. have been said, not to me personally, but, you know, you, you yeah. hear things. Um, and not even about the person in question, but, you know, you hear the word psychosis and people go, God, that, 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 that's, that's mental, isn't it? Like, that, they're a proper yeah. nutter. And I'm like, well... No, actually, it's it's potentially a blip for some people. Potentially, it's a one-off. Mm-hmm. There can be lots of different triggers, but actually, I applaud anybody who mucks in and helps. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It it, it was al- a, also takes away the stigma. Absolutely, and I think that was probably one of the biggest moments for me in life that I realized that actually the the work that I've done on myself and continue to do on myself to make sure that you know we all have bad days we all have blips life is a roller coaster as the the song goes um but knowing what you can do for yourself or where you can turn if you can't help yourself is something that we're all really missing um see I I want to just stop you there and say where to go when mm. you can't help yourself see Mm -hmm. I think that's the thing is we we can find as much information well, the internet has abundance of it. You can find anything Absolutely. anywhere. And that is a blessing and a curse because what you you're overwhelmed. I mean, the information out there is overwhelming and yep. one one thing can contradicts another. Um how did you find because they say reach out a lot, but it's mm-hmm. not as simple as 
reach out. So no. how, so who, where, who, where, who do you trust? Also, just being able to say it. Sometimes mm -hmm. I need help because I'm struggling with A, B, and C. Mm -hmm. How did you find that? How did how did you overcome that? And do you still have to overcome that? Yeah, I mean, I think there's challenges all the time. Um, I've got better with practice. Mm -hmm. um, it to start off with, it is quite a scare. I think one of the biggest hurdles is admitting that you're not doing so hot. Yeah. Um, a lot of what I've found over the years is that a lot of people, and myself included, at one point. Mm -hmm. No, 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 it'd be all right. You know, quite nonchalant about everything. Oh, no, 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 you know, everything's terrible, but no mind what you're going to do. Yeah. And it was when I heard the, well, what are you going to do several times? I thought, well, actually, what am I going to do? Because yeah. people, you know, it used to be, it, society is changing, taboos are changing, stigmas are changing, um, but we're still not there yet. No. Um, but I found, you know, when it comes to, well, what are you going to, you know, oh, what are you going to do about it? And I was like, well, actually, that is a question. What am I going to do? Hmm. Because a lot of people will say, I'll oh, just go to the doctors and go and get signed off or go and get some antidepressants or, you know, whatever it is. And it's like, well, actually, is that the best solution for me? I always knew that I didn't really want to be on any kind of medication. Hmm. I wanted to do it myself. Yeah. I knew that I wanted to help myself because I didn't want to be that way anymore. Yeah. There is, there has been a pattern of behaviour, which I think, again, now is being broken by... Um, you know, GP services and, and mental health services, um, there there seemed to be a bit of a pattern where you just have some tablets thrown at you and, you know, six to eight weeks, see how you feel, come back if you're not doing so great. Yeah. Rather than addressing some of the issues that were causing people to feel that way and then putting a plan or goals in place to be able to get back out of that. Yeah. Um, you know, I've I've heard a lot over the years, oh, they've given me tablets and they don't seem to be doing anything. It's like, okay, well, you, are you relying on a chemical lift to fix everything for you? Because if you are, nine yeah. times out of ten, it's not really going to work. You need to be able to understand what you want, what your goals are, and how things are going to change for you. The, so the, the best thing... The recently... best... Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I just wanted to put no. into the comment of... I think with medication, and I have I have been on medication myself. I think the misunderstanding of it is medication is meant to bring you to neutral, so that you can mm -hmm. find your own content or happiness. Um, mm -hmm. not that you take these this medication and it's a fix fix it. Now some people need medication, and that's obviously completely individual. Um, Absolutely, but to imagine that it is a magic bean that will fix all yeah. problems it's i wish it was like that i would quite happily Absolutely. do you know what you and me both <laughs> shut the door pop some music on how inconsiderate <laughs> it's okay I was, I don't know, I think I, it was just after I had my daughter, so I was 21. Mm -hmm. um, I went to, when she was two weeks and two days old, I went on a two-week course for work. Yeah. Um, I then had study leave, which was my maternity leave, mm -hmm. and I went back in at 45 hours a week when she was nine weeks old. Wow. So 
I didn't really have any time off, but financially I couldn't afford to have any more time off. Understandable. So I don't think I'd quite gone through the motions of being a first time mum, how life was going to change, how the the home and work life balance was going to be interrupted. Um, I, she was born in the April, six mm-hmm. months later, I sat on my mum's sofa and went, ah! <laughs> and my mum sort of went, oh my God, what happened? Yeah. I was like, I, I don't know, but I don't think I can do this. And she was like, well, do what? I was like, life. I just, I, I can't, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm crying every day. And then she was like, I, I think you need to go to the doctors. Yeah. Hang on. I'm on the phone. And then I, uh, so I went to the doctors and I sat with a really, really lovely lady. Her name was Hannah. Mm-hmm. I'll remember that lady till the day I die, I think. And she just took one look at me. She went, oh, love. I went, I know. <laughs> um, and she was like, what do you want out of this? She said, I've got several things that I can do. What do you want? I was like, I just don't want to feel this way. And she was like, okay. And how are you feeling? I was like, no one's asked me that before. (laughs) You know, it was a bit of an emotional day and I feel so sorry for her. And I just offloaded everything. Mm. And she was like, I think you might be experiencing just a little bit of postnatal depression. Yeah. And I was like, (gasps) and I sort of got in a flap and she said, no, no. It's really common. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely fine. Yeah. We can point you in the direction of, you know, you can go and speak to a therapist or a counsellor or we can give you a very, very low dosage of a medication to see if that gives you just the chemical lift you need to then set you on your way to do your own thing. Yeah. And that was probably the best way that anybody would ever, like, described it to me. Yeah. Um. Because I'd gone in with a preconception, probably a bit, um, maybe naive, maybe a bit ignorant to it, I suppose. Mm. But, you know, people just have medication and it fixes everything. Well, yeah. I experienced firsthand that that's really not how it works. Yeah. But the preconception was there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I had tablets for six, eight weeks and then realised that actually I was feeling much better in myself and I could then set my own goals and if it was the case that I was going to go for a walk that day just to get some endorphins going and you know make me feel a bit better then that's what I was going to go and do yeah and I had it on a little list and I ticked it off and the it was the the psychological things if I set a goal I've written it down I'm going to hold myself accountable and I'm going to do it yeah and if it took me three weeks to do it that was okay because I needed to just go a bit careful with myself yes time Uh, time yes that's the thing i think we don't these feel take time to build up they're not going to be fixed overnight so if they took time to build they're going to take time to sort through and manage and how you're going to i don't want to say fix but adjust to what the new you is yes and until i was in what felt like a, a huge pit of despair I'd then been signposted into a way that I could then, you know, try and help myself. And I needed just that chemical lift to be able to get me to that point where I could then, as you said, you know, get you to a neutral so you can then work out how you're going to move forward. And 
absolutely hands down the best thing that I ever did because I'd admitted to my mum, I'm not okay. Mm. I then went through to the doctors. They gave me some options. Going back to the point that you said about, you know, where do you reach out? How do you reach out? We bang on all the time about, you know, reach out. There's loads of people around. Well, who are they and where are they? Mm. How do you know that you can speak to them in confidence and it won't go anywhere? You know, for me, I'm somebody who hasn't really had many confidence in their life where we've moved around all the time. Yeah. So it takes a lot for me to trust, but I know that it takes a lot for me to trust. Yeah. I've also stopped holding, which I struggled with for a while, but I've stopped holding people to the standards that I'd expect. Mm. Because not everybody is going to be there as you need them to be in a way that you need them to be. Yeah. And if that's the case, cool. You know, I'm I'm not out for vengeance against anybody who's done me wrong. Do you know what? You do you, hun. Yeah. If that's how you want to be, cool. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those, you can't, you can only control your own actions, you can't control the actions of others. So your expectations are yours because you hold yourself to those. You can't expect somebody's expectations to be the same as yours because their life experiences are different, their standards are different. How they live their life has been different. So they could be even higher than yours for all you know. You might not be living up to theirs. And I think that was a, I expected, I was always the person from a younger age knowing that I really didn't have anybody to turn to. Mm -hmm. I will always, 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 even to this day, I will offer myself up to anybody who needs a helping hand. Yeah. You know, there is absolutely no judgment. I will never share any information. Uh, because I know how hard it is for people to trust because I am one of those. Yeah. I also know that it's really hard to find somebody who will listen without judgment. You know, you get the people who say, you know, oh, I won't judge anything. They're then whispering behind your back and going, oh, God, why would you do that? Yeah. When you're in that moment, you, that's the last thing that you need. You mm. just need sometimes an ear, someone to listen to, someone, sorry, someone who's going to listen to you, someone you can vent to, get it off your chest and actually... You know, the, the saying, a problem shared is a problem halved, that's absolutely that. Sometimes, hearing your own voice, most people already know the answers to this, to their situations, their issues, but because it's all muddled and confused and wound up, going around in circles and spiralling in their head, that it's not until they voice it and actually hear themselves say it, and like, actually... I actually know the answer, I just need to say it out loud. And a lot of the time, just listening, you don't need to do anything else but listen. And even mm-hmm. even if it's just go, you, I found that sometimes the approach of when people come to me, do you need me to listen or do you want my opinion? Because we're gonna go come at this at two different ways. And if you yeah. want my opinion, that's absolutely fine. I will give you it as honestly as needed uh, with te- with care and tender. But yep. if you want me to listen, let's get the kettle on. Let's do this. I'll listen as you put your own world to right. And yep. I think that that's an approach. Most, most people sat in that situation generally want to help and fix because they see somebody they care about in a problem and they're like, Let's sort this problem so then they're okay and then whether or not that's, they don't have to deal with it themselves or this that that situation makes them uncomfortable or just seeing their loved ones in pain. They want to yes. fix it. 
you can't fix somebody else's problem. They have to be able to manage it themselves. And if you fix it for them, they've never learned how to manage. And I think that's that's the thing that's the difference. And I think on the back of that as well, you fix something for someone else and then the next inconvenience or the next traumatic experience or whatever it is that the next one is, because life isn't plain sailing. It's a case of it can backfire on the fixer. Yeah. Well, you told me it was fixed. You told me this was going to happen. And, you know, when it comes to relationships with people, friendships, partners, whatever, mm. yeah, you know, you fix it for them. You become or you could become the target of the fallout of the next thing. The messenger gets um, shot, yeah? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And, you know, I've, I've experienced that firsthand um, because I... I'm a helper. I'm not a fixer. Mm. I did try to be a fixer and realised that, you know, there's the... I live life by the circles of influence. Mm. And it was because I'd got burnt, pretty much. Yeah. You know, they'd asked me to help. They'd asked me to fix. I did it. And then it backfired and it was all my fault. So hang, hang on a minute. Is it? And, you know, it was quite a nasty fallout because actually they didn't really want to help themselves. They wanted somebody to blame yes. for their problem. I was just and... about to say that. You took yeah. the words out of my <laughs> mouth. I was literally about to say that. Is if they take your advice or your guidance or whatever it is, and then they mm -hmm. go and they do it to the letter or whatever, then they can always say, well, it wasn't me. You told me to do this. Um, and that's, that's, that's the the line the balancing act that you've got to do is being like yes i'm there to help and support but essentially it has to be you yeah and i learned from that uh you know continual self-help and self-healing and all that kind of thing i learned about the circles of influence mm. so you've got the tiny little one in the middle which is here is everything i can control i can change and i can influence i can do everything in that bubble so it's things like, I'm going to have a shower today, or I'm going to have my hair in this way today, or I'm going to pay this bill today. They're things that I can actively do for myself. Mm. I can control everything. I'm not reliant upon somebody else to do something before I can do my bit. Mm. The bit is then, I can't control. So the, the second circle, which sits outside of that, is the, I can't control, but I can influence yeah. So it could be that you have a conversation with somebody, you know, they ask for your opinion. I'm going to do this. I need your help. And you can say, well, actually, I can't stop you from doing anything. But have you maybe considered X, Y, Z? Yeah. You can't control it, but you can influence it. Yeah. And then you've got the bigger circle, which is where most things fall under, which is where most people tend to get stuck. And it's that I can't influence. I can't control. Yeah. There's absolutely nothing I can do about it. And where people get stuck is instead of going, I can't do these things, so I'm going to forget about it, they get stuck in that circle and become overwhelmed with all of the things that seem like their problem that actually they can't do anything about whatsoever. Yep, I agree. Yeah, and a lot of people tend to live there um, fretting about absolutely everything that sits in that box. You know, it could be, it could be things like the weather. 
can't control. There is absolutely nothing you can do about the weather. You can't control it. You can't influence it. And if you can, please, for God's sake, give us some wind or something. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> some decent rain, a decent thunderstorm would be lovely right now. <laughs> yeah, clearly, yeah, please. But you can't. there's absolutely nothing we can do about it. No. So why worry about it? You can only control how you then react to it. And a reminder sometimes, if you need to draw it out, draw it out. Draw, draw it out. Yeah. Absolutely. Draw those circles out, put yourself in, and then go, can I really control this? And if not, do I really need to put it in the inner circle, or does it belong in the outer circle? Absolutely. And um, being able to decipher those tasks, it means that what could be a completely overwhelming big circle of everything I can't do anything about but I'm going to worry about anyway becomes a very very small circle of tasks that you can actually do and achieve and I'm going to put say to people if you don't put a time constraint on it if that is uh, the next hour cool if it's the next uh-huh. day absolutely if it's the next minute then fine that's absolutely uh-huh. there is no time constraints don't think that you have to sort your life out within those circles like nope. that that can be your tasks for the day. Like it uh-huh. literally is. Um so I'm I'm with you. I'm completely with you on that. And I'll I'll be honest, I get I'm quite guilty of getting stuck in the outer circle sometimes. I think we all are. Yep. Um, Absolutely. Even I am, you know, and how I ground myself again. Mm. You know, when you get to the point where you think, Oh god, I've got this to do, 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 I've got no time. Oh my god, you know. I'm a serial overthinker, so I get stuck in the, oh, well, if I don't do this, um, this is going to happen, this might happen, and, you know, you create a hundred scenarios in your head that are never going to happen, let's be honest. Yeah, oh, yeah. But it takes up all of my time and my energy, whereas if I just sit down and think about, right, what's time critical, and what can I actually do? Mm. So if it's a case that, you know, I know recently with the, we're not going to go into politics, but the, the economic crisis that we're currently going yeah. through and the cost of living you know there are people who are worried about how far their money is going mm. we are absolutely one of them mm. for the first time in a long time we've had to work bloody hard to get where we are mm. but for the first time in quite a, a long time we're going oh we probably need to rein it in just a little bit at the minute yeah. um it hasn't always been like that you know we no. were I was a kid who was raised at one time with my mum doing three jobs when she was in between pubs and we lived on baked bean toasties. I thought it was the best thing since sliced bread. My mum, on the other hand, was getting up every day and making sure that it happened. Yeah. You know. Perspective. Absolutely. You know, as far as I was concerned, she used to make, um, like, homemade McDonald's. Her friend used to work in the chippy up the road. And, you know, like, the kids' boxes. Happy meals, meals. Yep. We used to go to... I'm not going to show my age, but we used to go to Quick Save. Hey, um, I, I remember Quick Save. Don't, don't. This is a Quick Save. They're good stuff. Absolutely. She used to get the cheapest of cheap, don't even know what meat was in the burgers, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, some oven french fries. And yeah. once every couple of months, she'd go and get a little toy out of my bedroom. I thought it was the best McDonald's ever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I had no idea until I got older. That not once was it at McDonald's, but I was absolutely over the moon to have next to nothing. And then we'd have the next minute, we'd have three, four holidays a year. We'd have, you know, shopping trips left, right and centre. Everything was great. And then it was a case of, oh, we ain't got anything again. But my mum's resilient through all of it. 
is something that I will always, always admire because until I became an adult and realised how hard it is and then became a parent, yeah, the sacrifices that she must have made that I didn't even know about, I can I, I take my hat off to my mum. She did Aww. a bang-up job. Shout out to the mum. <laughs> so we're coming to the end. Um, so um, I would like people to be able to find you. So give a shout out for your Instagram or all that lot if people want to connect with you and definitely yeah. see you on your journey. Because I love, you know, I love my bikes. So I'm quite happy to. I love, I love seeing you out on your bike. So um, if you want to give people a direction of where to go to you. Yeah, absolutely. This is going to test my memory now because I don't actually log in that often. It's always just there on my phone. But I do believe that it's Charlie underscore Red underscore X. Well, I will um, I will tag you in it. So, uh, so my be- memory is not great on my own stuff. Really. <laughs> um, I will. We haven't also touched on it, but I think it's something that's absolutely poignant. Um, I will send you a link for it. Mm. It's a video. So if anyone wants to watch it, obviously please don't feel obliged but it's around how people can support others okay and it's a very very simple tip you might have seen it you might not have and it's basically somebody who's got a nail in the forehead mm-hmm. and it's going back to the whole i want to fix it for you mm. and having a conversation she's very very frustrated you know i've got this awful headache god's sake and the guy's like well you've got a you've got a nail in your head and she's like oh my god you're not listening to me and the moral of it is that it's not about the nail. Mm. Just sit and let somebody do what they've got to do, vent what they've got to vent, and then ask them how you can help them. Yes, definitely send it over, and I will link that as well, um, and make, see if people... I'm sure people... It will resonate with plenty... It definitely resonates with me, so I will, I'm sure it will resonate with other people. Um, it's been a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. And... Like, and I, what you've spoke about, um, because I think for me, uh, people have heard me talk about plenty of stuff, but it's very similar. There's a lot of similarities. I would say different situations, different experiences, but the, the the what you've been through and things, the change in perspective is very very similar. Um, so again, I want to thank you for sharing um, and. I have all faith in in your abilities to get your uh, counselling levels and you being able to continue guiding people to their own way of being able to help themselves, really. Um, Absolutely. I think it's probably one of the biggest bits of information. Nobody else can fix it for you. You have to dig deep and do it yourself, although there is plenty of support. Um, you can't you know if anybody needs anything i can signpost people to anything that's relevant so it's not just completely overwhelming google searches um there's been a a lot of information that i've got to hand for that very reason great um so you know where to find out i'll link it all definitely go check her out even if it's just to look at the bike because it's worth it it's worth it (laughs) sorry it's sparkly what can i say (laughs) oh yeah, it's it, I. I can't help but love an engine, <laughs> but uh, that's it's therapy in its own self. But <laughs> oh yeah, um, probably cheaper than a therapist too. But we won't go down that road. <laughs> I don't know. Have you seen the price of bloody 
motorbike gear just lately. <laughs> I have, yeah. It cost, cost the living crisis, <laughs> So, again, thank you for everybody for listening, share. Go find Charlie. She's amazing. Absolutely lovely person. I recommend her to everyone. Uh, share, as they share, like, comment. I never know how to end these ones. But, uh, as usual, good day, good brew. Absolutely. Thank Recording you for Recording stopped. Oh.